Him. All right. Good morning. Oh, we just have so much to talk about today. I can't, we almost don't have time. I've been, I couldn't sleep last night. I was so excited about this message. We've been going through the Gospel of Mark. If you have your Bibles, turn with us there to chapter five. We finally made it to chapter five. It's May, and we made it to chapter five. We've been studying the Gospel of Mark, um, you know, all year long so far. And, and today we're gonna look at the story where Jesus heals what we call the Gerasen demoniac, and that just means he's a demon-possessed man from the area called Gerasen. And this is a story that maybe you've heard of before. This is the story, spoiler alert, this is where he, he casts out these demons and they go into a herd of pigs and the pigs jump off a hillside. It's the first mass suicide <laughs> in the Bible. See what I did there? That wasn't my joke. That wasn't my dad. <laughs> Boo. That was not my dad joke. That was another pastor's dad joke. Uh, don't do that next service. Okay. So some of you might be sitting here saying, I, what? You know, I, I can't relate. This is, I'm not demon possessed that I know of, you know. So you're, you're probably thinking this is one where I could just take a break and and take a nap maybe and not pay attention, but actually I, I really want to encourage, there's so much we're going to look at in these verses, in these 20 verses, and I, and I want to frame it with this question. Is there a line that you won't, won't let Jesus cross? So in your life, is there a line that you won't let Jesus cross? You say, you know, Jesus, I'll let you, you can have, you can have sort of a say in my life in this area and in this area and in this area, but you don't have a say in this area of my life. Because we're going to see, as we study this, we're going to see this is where we're heading, is we're going we're to eventually talk about these two responses. And, and one response, again, spoiler alert, one, one response is someone who, who like wants to follow Jesus, and another response is someone who actually is asking Jesus to leave. And the reason, again, I'm saying this up front because I want to make sure that you, you read this passage with fresh eyes today. If you've, if you've heard of this before, I want, you to, I want you to hear it with fresh eyes and I want you to apply it to your life because, again, spoiler alert, what's going to happen is, is the group that asks Jesus to leave, the reason they ask him to leave is because he crossed the line. They don't like what he did. It freaked him out. And they said, we don't want you. We're not interested in you. And so that's kind, of a, that's kind of a scary place to be. And, and again, I want, I want to ask you whether you've gone to church your whole life, maybe you grew up here at Alpine or a church like Alpine, even young people, maybe you, you're here today and, and you come because your parents make you come. Maybe some of you husbands or some of you wives come because your spouse makes you come. You, you kind of, you get dragged to church. You're here because of drugs. Someone drug you here. See what I did there? That was a better one, wasn't it? Okay, we're going to keep that one for now. That one was mine. That one was mine. But for all of us, I think this is a, this is a good question. Is there, is there a line that I won't let Jesus cross? You can't tell me what to do with my finances, for example. Like maybe that video about giving to Syracuse, some of you are like, you know, maybe God is telling you right now that you should give $50,000 to the Syracuse Fund. I mean, there are some people at our campuses that could do that. Most of us couldn't do that. But there are some people at our campuses that could do that, and maybe there's even like a little tug in your heart. Or maybe some of you are just like, you were looking at the $250, and that's a big enough ask for you, and you're like, whoa, hey, whoa, whoa, God. You can't tell me to cross that line. 
Don't tell me what to do with my money. Or some of you might say, you know, maybe it's some of the culture war stuff that's going on right now. I mean, it's, the, it's pop culture and influencers against what God's word says. And it's, that's an opportunity for everybody to say, are you going to follow God's word or has he crossed the line now? Has Jesus crossed the line in your life now? Because everyone else, all of your friends or all of your influencers or, or popular culture is bringing us in this one direction, but, but God is telling us, this is the line. God is telling us, this is how I've created you. God is speaking other truth into our lives, and you hear it here at church, or maybe young people, you hear it from your parents, but you have to make a decision, young people, for yourself. Are you going to follow the Jesus of the Bible, or are you going to just kind of follow your heart like everybody else is telling you to do, and like all of your friends are doing? So that's the question, is, is, is there a line? Okay, Jesus, I'll let, you, I'll, let you, I'll let you into my life on Easter and on Christmas, I'll let you into my life on Sunday mornings. But there's a line, when you, if you cross this line, then I'm gonna be like, I'm done with you, Jesus. So that's the question that I, ha- I wanted just to be sort of ringing in your, in your, in your head for today because, because it, whether it's financial or relational or cultural, social, maybe it's, maybe it's with, uh, young people, maybe it's, maybe it's a line, it's a sexual line that God has called you in his word to cross, but everybody else is crossing that line, and, and so you're like, I, I don't know, we're just going to do it our way instead. Maybe that's what it is. Whatever it is, I, w- I want the Holy Spirit to do that work for you. you. You get that in your head, and I want you to have that in your head as we read this story together. But everybody, I think, can probably ask this question today. And so let's start with the story. Mark chapter 5, verse 1. So they arrived. Jesus and his disciples arrived at the other side of the lake. This is the Sea of Galilee, in the region of the Gerasenes. And when Jesus climbed out of the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit came out from the tombs to meet him. This is where this guy lived. He lived in the burial caves and could no longer be restrained, even with a chain. Now, focus in on that burial caves. So a couple of things about this. Number one, this means that this guy would have been unclean. Because we know from the Old Testament that if you hung out with dead people, (laughs) you were unclean, ceremonial unclean. So that's the first problem with this guy. And that's kind of a big deal. Next week, we're going to see two more stories on Mother's Day. I'll be here with you again. I'm excited about Mother's Day. Please invite your moms on Mother's Day. Mother's Day is where, besides Christmas and Easter, is is the biggest Sunday of the year. Father's Day is one of the smallest Sundays of the year, so we know kind of who... We know what's going on there, but anyway, that's for another sermon. But I, I encourage you to, because we're going to talk about the next miracle is, is Jesus is he, going to heal two women on Mother's Day. How about that? that was, that's just how it fell. I promise we didn't plan it like that. That's a God thing. And we're going to see that there's some similarities because there, there's uncleanliness for the two women next week. And, and this, guy, this guy has got an uncleanliness issue as well. Ritually, he's unclean because he's living in the burial caves. But more than that, I think what's interesting about this is it's a picture. It's a picture of what sin does to us. Sin puts us in this place where we're dead and we're isolated. That's what sin does. Again, we read this and you're like, I, don't, I can't relate to a demon-possessed man, but can you relate to sin? Can you relate to death? Can you relate to this verse from Ephesians chapter two? Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. 
You used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers of the unseen world. He's the spirit at work on the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. So here's what this means. You might not be demon-possessed, but you're influenced by the devil. We all are. Because we all have sin. We all, we've, we've, it's, this is what he's saying. Paul's saying, you were all dead because of your sin. Now he's talking to the church in Ephesus here. So he's talking to people who've been redeemed, and many of us have been redeemed. Many of us have been set free from that life of sin and death and, and, and the grave. But so many people are still there. Some, maybe some of you here today are, are there. Some of you are saying, I feel like I'm still living in the burial caves. Maybe you were set free, you came to Christ a long, long time ago, but you, you slipped back into those sin patterns, and maybe for some of you that's what God wants to speak to you today is he's calling you out of that, and he wants to set you free from it. Back to the story. Verse four, whenever this guy was put into chains and shackles, as he often was, he snapped the chains from his wrists and smashed the shackles. I mean, just think about the picture here for a second of the power of demon possession. And again, I don't want you to just think about demon possession. We, by, by the way, have resources on demon possession. If you're interested in that, at PursueGod.org. We did a whole series on spiritual warfare last year, so that's all online at PursueGod.org. We're not getting into that specifically today. We're talking more just about the power of the enemy in all of our lives. But look at what it says, that no one was strong enough to subdue him. Day and night he wandered among the burial caves and in the hills, howling and cutting himself with sharp stones. And I want you to just think about this picture here. This is what sin does to all of us. Sin isolates us. Does it sound like this guy's got a lot of friends? <laughs> he is by himself absolutely controlled by these demons, absolutely controlled. And here's what, here's what happens. I want everyone to hear this. is sin and the devil, he wants us to be isolated and he wants, us, he wants to hurt us. That's what's happening. Look, he's gone mad, he's howling, He's gone mad. Satan wants you to lose your mind. And it's working. So many people have lost their mind. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about mental illness. That's the thing. I'm just talking about some of the stuff that I see today in pop culture is absolutely craziness. It's craziness. And I want to, sometimes I'm just like, have we all lost our minds? We're all just kind of howling and then the other thing is he's cutting himself with sharp stones. Like, why would he do this? Because Satan wants to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what the enemy wants to do in your life. He wants to hurt you. He wants to isolate you. And he wants to keep you in shackles. He wants to keep you chained up. So what a, what a powerful picture of what's going on. And we're only five verses in, but what a powerful picture of what's going on in this guy's life. But here's what it says in verse six. This is where it starts to get really cool. And I, again, we've got so much to cover, but I want you to really just take this in as we study this today. It says in verse six, when Jesus was still some distance away, he was so far away still, the man saw him and ran to meet him and bowed low before him. With a shriek, he screamed, why are you interfering with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? 
In the name of God, I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had already said to the spirit, come out of the man, you evil spirit. Okay, there's a lot here. I wanna, I wanna try to help you to understand. Jesus had already said to the spirit, come out of the man, you evil spirit. But what I want you to see here, I wanna focus in on man versus legion. We're gonna find out that's his name in just a second. We have the man here in these verses, and we have the evil spirit in these verses. Isn't it interesting that when the man saw Jesus, he ran to Jesus. Like he wanted, he, I mean you see this, it's a little confusing when you read it at first until you understand something about human nature. He wanted, the man wanted Jesus to heal him. The man wanted Jesus to touch him. The man had heard about Jesus. He knew about the power of Jesus and so that the man ran to meet him and he bowed low before him. That's what the man did, verse six. But look at what the demon inside the man did. Look at what legion inside the man did. With a shriek, he screamed, why are you interfering with me, Jesus? Again, it's confusing unless you understand that there's two things going on here. There's the man, and then there's the demon. It's kind of like the, the, you know, the old cartoons, the, the picture of the angel and the demon on the shoulder. That's kind of what's going on here. We've got this battle inside this man. There's a part of him that wants to bow to Jesus. There's a part of him that wants to serve Jesus. There's a part of him that wants to be free. But then there's another part of him that wants Jesus to leave. There's another part of him that screams at Jesus, that shrieks at Jesus, that points fingers at Jesus. And aren't we all a little bit like that? Some of you might be here today feeling like you're just a little bit, like sometimes you want to honor God and sometimes you don't want to honor God. Well, join the team, because that's all of us. Every, the Bible says this, that when we come to faith in Jesus, he gives us this, this new nature. He puts his spirit in us, but then it says in Galatians 5 that there's still this old, it, the Bible calls it the flesh. There's this old part of us that's still there too. So young people, I want you to hear this. If, if sometimes you're, you're like, you want to honor God, you want to make the right choice, but then there are other times late at night or sometimes in the middle of the day. There are other times when you want to do this other thing, you're like, what is wrong with me? That's this guy. Now again, I'm not saying you're demon-possessed. Talk to your parents about that. Maybe they can give you insight on that. I'm just saying that there's, for every one of us, there's these two natures inside of us that are at war. In verse 9, it says that Jesus demanded, what's your name? And he replied, my name is Legion. Because there are many of us inside this man. Legion was a Roman term. It was, a, it was like a, a, a massive um, group of soldiers. And that's really what this demon says is there are a lot of us inside this man. And then the evil spirits begged him again and again not to send them into some distant place. All this makes me think of Paul's words in Romans 7 where Paul talks about this battle, this angel and demon battle, this two-shoulder battle that Paul himself understood. He said, I know that nothing good lives in me. That is in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. 
I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. I have discovered this principle of life that when I want to do what's right, I inevitably do what's wrong. I love God's law with all my heart. I mean, do you see this, like, split personality? This is Paul. He's, he's putting into words, I think, what this guy in the burial caves is experiencing. He says, I love God's law with all my heart, but there's another power within me that is at war with my mind. Friends, this is the reality of human nature. We all have this. There's this, there's this battle that Paul explains, not just here in Romans 7, but in Galatians 5 and 6. There's this battle that is raging within each one of us. And lest you get discouraged about this battle, Paul says this at the end of Romans 7. He says, oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Again, that's the demon-possessed guy. His life was dominated by sin and death. And Paul here, this is later on, this is after Jesus does all the stuff we're reading in Mark 5. But look, Paul is saying, who's going to free me from this? Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. This is what we're going to see in Mark 5. Another spoiler alert. We're going to see it at work in this story. We're going to see what, what Jesus does, not just for the demoniac, but what Jesus can do for all of us. Because this is, this is the problem we all have. And so here's what Jesus did. We're halfway through the story. There happened to be a large herd of pigs feeding in the hillside nearby. Send us into those pigs, the spirits begged. Let us enter them. So Jesus gave them permission. The evil spirits came out of the man and entered the pigs, and the entire herd of about 2,000 pigs plunged down the steep hillside into the lake and drowned in the water. What a cool story. And we're still only halfway through, by the way. But I want to just show you one thing. I, I, I can't read this without pointing this out, that Jesus gave them permission. Jesus has all the authority I want you to know the battle that you have, whatever your sin battle is, whatever that struggle is that you have in your mind right now, Jesus has authority over it. But Jesus is the one that delivers you. You can't deliver yourself. Jesus, and only Jesus can deliver you. And even the demons understood that Jesus had all authority. And so Jesus gave them permission. One more thing. We gotta go back to Ephesians because I gotta show you this. We already read the Ephesians 2, 1 through 3 part where where Paul talks about how we're all dead. We all used to live like that, kind of like in the burial caves. And here's how Paul says it to the church in Ephesus. But God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It's only by God's grace that you've been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. This is such a cool story. Again, as we read this story in Mark 5, I want to make sure that you're understanding how this is still true for us today. And this is how it's playing out in our lives. But I want to end with this. Because there's some more verses here that are really interesting. And this is where that question that I asked comes in. How far will you let Jesus go? Is there a place where Jesus is going to cross a line for you and you're going to say, no more? Not enough, or not, not for me. I'm not interested in this, and that's what we see in the story. It says the herdsmen fled to the nearby town and the surrounding countryside, spreading the news as they ran. People rushed out to see what had happened. A crowd soon gathered around Jesus, and they saw the man who'd been possessed by the legion of demons, and he was sitting there fully clothed and perfectly sane. 
and they were all afraid. Oh my gosh, there's so much here. Again, you, if you're reading this at home, you might just read right past this and, and, and miss some of, the, some of the nuggets here. First of all, it says that the herdsmen fled. When do you flee? When you're afraid. It says that they fled and spread the news. This isn't in a good way. They weren't like, this is awesome. Look and see what Jesus did. This is amazing. This is incredible. They were running away scared for their lives, warning people about what Jesus had just done. This is what's going on. They're fleeing in terror because of what Jesus just had just done. What did, he, what did he do? It says that a crowd saw the man and they were all afraid. Is this what we expect when we read this? Here was a guy, and they all knew him. Here was a guy that lived in the burial caves who was out of his mind, and they were good with that. But now here he is, fully clothed and perfectly sane, and this is when they're freaking out. Isn't that interesting? What happened? What happened that suddenly now their response to a perfectly sane person their response is the opposite of what we would expect. We would all be celebrating with this guy. We'd be worshiping Jesus. We'd be saying, this is incredible. But they were afraid. And here's why. I think we understand why. It says that those who had seen what had happened told the others about the demon-possessed man and the pigs. And the crowd began pleading with Jesus to go away and leave them alone. There's the response. There's one response. They asked Jesus, this is one of the scariest verses in the Bible. They pled with Jesus to go away. Here's the thing about Jesus. He's not gonna force himself into your life. He's not gonna make you follow him. We, we've been reading this, we've been studying this really as we, as we looked at the soils a few weeks ago, that we all have a soil and and the farmer casts the seed. It's, this is kind of what Jesus is doing, is he's, he's performing this miracle, and yet all these people, all these people see his power, his authority, and they said, would you please leave? We're not interested. So this is the question. Is there a line that you won't let Jesus cross? I don't know how much 2,000 pigs were worth, but I bet it was more than $50,000 in today's money. I mean, these, these herdsmen, before we're too, too hard on them, these herdsmen, this was a financial catastrophe for them. Why? Why would Jesus do that? I, I read that, and I'm like, why? Jesus, why would you do, you could have just cast the demons out, and every, you know, they would have just... You gave them permission to go into the pigs. Why would you do that? And there's a, probably a million reasons, but I think the simplest reason is because Jesus wanted us to ask this question. Is there a line that you won't let him cross financially or in other, any other way? Jesus, this is getting a little too expensive. Your authority, your power, what you're able to do is getting a little, the things that you're calling me to your influence in my life, it's getting a little too scary for me. This is starting to cost me a little too much. There are people today, there are several people at 
multiple campuses at Alpine Church who are leaving one faith, the faith of their childhood, that is not a biblical faith, and they're coming to faith in Jesus Christ, and they've had to ask this question because they've had to give up family for, for following Jesus. I'm so proud of the people who have done that, who have just said, whatever it costs, I will follow Jesus. Is that your heart? Or is your, is your heart, is your attitude, I'm not just talking to you, I'm talking to all of us, is our attitude that whatever it costs, I'm gonna follow Jesus? Or is it, ah, when it costs me my family, I'm not gonna follow him. When it costs me my job, I'm not gonna follow him. When it costs me my reputation, I'm not gonna follow him. When it costs me my friendships, young people, when it costs me my friends, I'm not gonna follow him. Is there a line that you won't let Jesus cross? Jesus crossed that line that day for those herdsmen, and they said, please go. And here's the scariest thing. Jesus left. If you ask Jesus to leave, he'll leave. If you say to Jesus, I'm not interested, he'll be out of there. That's scary. We've seen so many people begging. The man begged. The demons begged, and now the herdsmen are begging. And Jesus is like, okay, you can have what you want. And so it says in verse 18, as Jesus was getting in the boat, the man who'd been demon-possessed begged to go with him. There's one more beggar. I love this. Here this guy is. The last picture that we have in this scene is this guy running to Jesus. He had been rejected by everyone else in that town. This is in the 10 towns on the, on the east side of the Jordan River. And so Jesus is getting ready to get back in the boat and go back to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. And this guy runs up to him and he begged to go with him, but Jesus said, no, go home to your family and tell them everything the Lord has done for you and how merciful he's been. Now I want you to just stop right there and think about this. The only person that Jesus said no to was the guy he healed isn't that interesting? The pig said, or the demon said, send us into the pig. Okay, he sent him into the pig. The herdsman said, get out of here. Jesus said, okay, and he left. And the guy that he had healed said, let me go with him. And Jesus said, no. How many of you know that sometimes Jesus is gonna say no to you and it's not gonna make any sense? What? <laughs> well, you gave the demons what they wanted. You gave the herdsmen what they wanted. Why won't you give me what I want? Sometimes Jesus just needs to say no to you because he's going to test to see where your loyalty is. He's going to test to see if he crossed the line for you. And I love the response. This guy didn't pout and whine. This guy, after Jesus said no, go back to your home and family, it says this, so the man started off to visit the 10 towns of that region. And he began to proclaim the great things that Jesus had done for him. And everyone was amazed at what he told them. And so this guy was radically changed and just wanted to be near Jesus. And Jesus said, no, I think right now what you need to do is just spread the word in these 10 towns. And he became, this formerly demon-possessed man became the first missionary to the Decapolis, the 10-town region. That's cool. And my challenge to you is to be like this guy that, that you would say, that I would say, Jesus, whatever it costs, I want to follow you. I want to follow you. Whatever it costs. 
You get to draw the lines in my life, Jesus. I don't. You get to draw the line in the sand. I don't. That we would say, Wherever you, whatever you call me to, I want to follow you because, because you can set me free from sin and death. And this is the same Jesus that invites all of us into a relationship with him. And I just encourage you as you, as you pray about this, as you consider this, I encourage you to make this fresh commitment to Jesus and say, God, let me be the kind of person who just serves you no matter what, who follows you no matter what. Let's pray together. Father, I pray today for the person who's here who is maybe right on the fence, they're right on the fence because they've thought, I don't know if I want to follow this Jesus because maybe you asked them to do something that was uncomfortable. Maybe, maybe they've drawn a line in the sand and you've crossed that line and now they're considering just asking you to leave. God, I pray for that person, be it a young man or a young woman or or a parent or a grandparent. God, I pray for that person today, Lord God, that by your Holy Spirit you would do a work in that heart. Convict us, Lord. Help us to have the hearts of this demon-possessed man no longer, this person who'd been set free from his old life of shackles and self-harm. And God, I pray that, that we would have that heart and that spirit, that God, we would look to you and say, Jesus, wherever you go, I'll follow you. And if you say, I can't come with you, then I'll stay back and I'll just spread the word wherever I am. Help us, Lord God, to submit to you, to your will, and to your way, we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.